Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 452nd show is Kelly Lau, Executive Director of the German American Heritage Center and Museum in Davenport. And we're going to be talking about the new exhibit coming up, Hidden Habsburgs, 1848 to 1868. Our history buffs are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. And Ed, you start us off this time. Thanks, Jay. Um, Kelly, can you tell us why this particular subject winds up being in a German-American museum as opposed to an Austro-Hungarian uh, museum? <laughs> but also, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the planning and logistics, and as, as in... How long did it take to put this together, and how exactly does one go about that? Sure. So um, the uh, kind of Austrian-Hungarian versus German uh, idea here, why we're so interested in it as a German-American Heritage Center is because of that kind of interwoven um, political aspect between the 48ers. You know, they might have come from different regions of Europe, but they kind of, they all ended up in the same part of Iowa, uh, <laughs> and there was some confluence there with uh, not only what they were um, seeking and freedom and um, uh, kind of going away from the monarchy, but also uh, a lot of them, you know, spoke German. So uh, <laughs> we uh, we think of all our you know wonderful symphonies and orchestras and stuff, and you're like, okay, that one's an Austrian composer, that one's a German composer, and sometimes it's hard to remember that maybe they were um, uh, a little different there. And one, some are from Vienna, and some are from Munich or um, Berlin or et cetera, during this time period when borders shift and empires take over different areas. So we still see that kind of uh, relationship between them and feel that the 48ers, the German 48ers that were here were also a draw for these Hungarian and uh, Austrian revolutionaries. So uh, that's kind of the, you know, the purpose and the point of why we're, why we're interested in sharing this with our visitors. But also um, the kind of logistics and everything goes back quite far to, um, oh gosh, over a year and a half ago when we saw an opportunity with the um, Botsteiber Institute of Austrian American Studies. And they had a call for grants, and they um, their goal is to kind of um, publish and produce uh, scholarly content on Austrian topics. And uh, we kind of saw this, you know, as an area that had not been explored too much, and that might be of interest for them to fund. So we wrote a grant to them a grant request, and in the grant request, we decided that we wanted to include not only an exhibit that could travel, but also a conference where we can, you know, kind of connect the roots and make that personal for some of the people in our area. Um, With it being planned during the pandemic, we do have some really cool options for um, virtual uh, engagement with this uh, activity. So uh, we weren't sure, you know, at the time if, you know, the exhibit would have to be just online or if the conference would be completely online. Um, And as far as today's uh, version, we are looking at doing hybrid with uh, it being in person and aspects of it uh, available for those not in the area. 
this is really fun because um, people from the actual institute can participate with us uh, in the in the conference. The um, in that early grant phase, we did a lot of work to um, secure scholars and um, do some really uh, some initial research to prove that there's more to find. There's more research that we can dig into to tell these stories. So um, that was a really um, big part of our process. And we uh, worked very closely with uh, Dr. Bill Roba. He was head of German studies at um, Eastern Iowa Community Colleges. And so he's um, kind of our lead scholar that's consulting with us. Um, and having his expertise and um, knowledge really helped uh, propel this project forward and give it the kind of um, status that, you know, warrants applying to a huge uh, organization uh, like the Austrian Bodsteiper Institute. So uh, with that, we were were awarded our funding. So we were able to have the exhibition available, put it into a traveling format, and uh, uh, obtain another scholar for our project, uh, Dr. Keel from Can- University of Kansas. And he also is a, just a great scholar. He's part of the Society for German American Studies. And he has a lot of knowledge about this time period. And um, we do have a consulting from a local professor as well. So uh, one of our board members is Dr. Terry Schweitzer, and she's art historian and professor at St. Ambrose. And uh, she specializes in Hungarian uh, art and uh, culture, kind of especially from this time period. So it's really nice to have her input on, you know, what's going on culturally during this time, not just the politics and the revolutions, but, um, you know, the art and the salon and the conversations and the creative uh, output that's happening, because it is a very uh, um, iconic kind of time period for design and art and beauty that we uh, see in architecture and other areas as well. So we're really um, glad to have her consultancy uh, with our curator, Claire Tobin. Uh, she is actually from St. Ambrose, too. So we have a lot of connections with uh, St. Ambrose through this uh, project. And um, uh, Claire has been working with uh, a, just a network of people who have even their own Austrian and Hungarian roots in our community uh, still today, who are more recent immigrants um, to talk about their stories and their connections to this time period as well. Okay. So it's a lot of research, but it's very fun, and uh, we'll be designing soon, so not just researching and writing soon. <laughs> right. Get, getting down to the nuts and bolts. Uh, Rick? <laughs> yeah, Kelly, uh, just to uh, make sure that uh, our listening audience understands when this happens, uh, a couple things. Uh, what is the exhibition date range? And unrelated to that, how many people uh, came over uh, from the Austrian-Hungarian uh, empires during this 20-year period? Sure. So our exhibit will open on about April 23rd, and that's a Saturday. So we're going we're gonna to open that just in time for the Society for German-American Studies Conference in Iowa City. So we have some nice timing there. Uh, <laughs> And we will run this exhibition in the gallery on our third floor uh, through the end of July, about July 23rd. And then it will be available to travel 
um, one of our first stops will be uh, Madison, and uh, we have a calendar of um, places where it can visit uh, libraries, schools, university, um, cultural institutions. So it, it will be very accessible for people to just pop up and put in any kind of space where the public can come and view. So that'll be very nice. Uh, and it'll be available for years to come. So <laughs> it's not too dated of content. Uh, we, uh, we are estimating in our, from our research that there were, roughly we're saying thousands of people came to about Eastern Iowa um, during this time period. So it was not hundreds of thousands, like maybe the Germans, <laughs> but it was still a very significant population. Okay. Um, Kelly, I'm interested in sort of, you said you're, you're getting to the point where you're going to start putting things together. Can you kind mm -hmm. of walk us through uh, what the, um, the exhibit is going to look like? And are there oh, yeah. going to be things where people can, can interact with the materials? Um, you know, are there going to be audiovisual kinds of things? Kind of tell us what, it's, what, what you hope it's going to look like mm -hmm. here in the next month and sure. a half or so. And this is where I have to pull my my own reins back. My my specialty is exhibition design, and now I'm I'm director where my specialty needs to be fundraising. <laughs> but, uh, so, I, but I my first love is exhibit design. So um, Claire is uh, working on this, and I'm not going to meddle. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> too much. Uh, but, yeah, not too much, right? Um, but she is actually going to be um, kind of using graphic design. Uh, network to um, produce the actual physical layouts of each panel um, to a dimension that we can send to our printer to put into like the, the pop-up uh, slides. So she has uh, access to a lot of imagery. Um, she'll be putting the text and each panel, it's interesting to design it because each panel needs to have its own cohesive thought. So maybe the first one is, you know, what is the Austrian, Austro-Hungarian empire, you know, giving that context. Um, who are the 48ers? What were they fighting for? You know, so each panel, you know, you have to be very succinct and descriptive um, to um, relay this information that people could write, you know, a thousand page books on. <laughs> so uh, that's always a challenge and um, interesting to and interact it with, uh, interspace it with imagery that highlights what you're talking about. So we're going to have these banners, but also in the space, we want to create that salon. We want to create the idea that kind of we're discussing this topic. We're having this um, discussion with the public, and it is a salon in itself through the exhibition. So that's kind of the concept that we're going for with the with the design. Um, we are um, looking at getting some furniture pieces from the Putnam Museum and um, local collectors that kind of create this ambiance. Uh, despite the kind of transitory nature of the pop-up exhibit, you know, we want to create a space that still feels immersive to the time period um, and utilizing the panels that can be, um, you know, moved around and everything. But just having that room be the ambiance of this is a conversation, this is a place to learn and discuss. So um, artwork, architectural elements, color, mood, you know, that will all be part of the design process, which is my favorite thing. We have a wonderful little mood board of, of imagery and colors that we're putting together to help inspire the design. 
And um, yeah, artifacts are very important to us. So we will not travel artifacts with the exhibit, but in our own display, we'll definitely be um, highlighting time period pieces to kind of give people the feel of, of um, you know, the Viennese culture and life that was so um, formative to these people's everyday uh, visuals and experience. So that'll be a very fun part uh, of the process. And <laughs> um, it kind of comes together quickly at the end. Uh, every exhibit I've done has been like, oh, a week till opening, here's the empty blank walls and room, and everyone <laughs> right. thinks I'm going to be insane, and I am probably, and <laughs> doing everything comes together very quickly at the end. Um, so, uh, Ed, we're going to give you the last question here as we're just about out of time. We want to make sure that we get Kelly off to her next engagement. Um, well, I'm going to go back to the kind of comparisons between the German immigrants from Schleswig-Holstein and the Austro-Hungarian uh, folks. Um, many of the German immigrants, you know, and I grew up west of Walcott, which was settled by Schleswig-Holstein immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them came here uh, with money, and they wanted, they wanted here what they couldn't get in Europe, and that was land. Was mm-hmm. the same thing? Was the same thing true of the people who, who came from Austria-Hungary? Um, to a de- to a degree, but I think a lot of them um, came for the like to the city life more than the the farm life. So um, you know you have uh, opportunities with the land, though. So I'm not sure of it being necessarily the draw as much to this area, um, or if it's more of the you know the kind of development that's happening here with opportunity um there was a lot of work there was a lot of land and i guess you know count february had three thousand acres so go talk to him be like hey fellow countryman uh let me have uh, access to this so um and it's it's definitely you know just with a smaller number you know it's it's finding you know that there's a lot of diversity within the group because you have um you know, doctors and intellectuals like um, Kate Hironi's father who are coming here and just um, kind of living in town, having their business. But then there's also people who are, you know, working the land. Um, there's opportunity for people to just come and work for, like a lot of, uh, you know, German farmers were settled and established and they could hire these uh, recent immigrants to come and work the land. And, um, you know, maybe they... Uh, find the farmer's daughter to be a eligible bachelorette and uh, then they're the farmers, <laughs> the owners of the land before you know it. So uh, there's just a lot of diversity in the stories and it's so interesting to kind of come across them and, and highlight them and make sure we give everyone, um, we show the, like the differences that are there. It's so hard to kind of paint them with a broad brushstroke, but um, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of differing, uh, opportunities in this area that is urban yet rural uh, and growing at a very quick rate. All right. We would like to thank our guest for this 452nd show, Kelly Lau, Executive Director of the German American Heritage Center and Museum in Davenport, Iowa, who's talked to us about the Hidden Habsburgs, 1848 to 1868. The History Bus for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KLA HD 2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. 
You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put K-A-L-A-H-D-2 in a search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A Radio in a search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at station K-A-L-A, St. Ambrose University.